Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello and welcome to NBC IGN's Nintendo podcast. Today we will be talking about the Nintendo Switch 10.0 update, the Cooking Mama Cookstar Saga, and a whole lot more. I am your host, Casey DeFridas, and today I am joined by Per Snyder. What's up, my host, Casey DeFridas? Brian Altano. What's up, my host, Per Schneider and Casey DeFridas? <laughs> and Seth Macy. What's up, everybody? Oh, okay. uh, there it is all of us um i'm back after a three-week hiatus um two weeks were spent on wikis and the week before that was uh technical difficulties ate the episode so hello i'm back hopefully for the foreseeable future and i'm finally here with with seth macy we've finally, never been on a podcast together never it's we did it easy we coordinated correctly everything came together thank god so far so, so far <laughs> <laughs> for the time being so let's start it off with the Nintendo Switch update 10.0. I think it jumped all the way from 9.2. So there were probably a bunch of like really tiny updates up until this point. But um, we've got, you can now remap your Joy-Con buttons. You can move your data between your SD card and your Switch hardware. And yeah, there's some cool Animal Crossing icons. Guys, what are your favorite favorite parts about this update? I mean, the favorite thing, my favorite update is that Nintendo is actively supporting people with disabilities. I think it's really cool. You know, being able to remap all the buttons, the Joy-Con on the Pro Controller, I think 
finally makes games playable for people who couldn't play them before. I, I, I think, it's, uh, and especially games like Animal Crossing that aren't really action focused um, can now be open to a really big audience of people. Very, very cool. Yeah, I totally agree. There's obviously some limitations to it in that it doesn't work with certain controllers, but uh, it's a giant step in the right direction for them. It's also, I'm interested to see what people do with it, just generally speaking, because I think there might be, outside of quality of life stuff, I think there's also the ability to make games into single Joy-Con games, like moving all the buttons to one side. Or, yeah, like uh, a, I, I believe the Spire actually has that capability built into it. It has a, a single yeah. controller mode. People yeah, were hoping... So- People were hoping for Smash, uh, you know, GameCube controller customization didn't get that yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't be too only, greedy. Only official Joy-Con and the Pro Controller and, of course, the buttons already attached to the Nintendo Switch Lite have the capability to remap the controller. And yeah. it will. you have uh, the option to save five different configurations to one Switch, too. But then the the update for everyone, of course, is the uh, the backup and data management stuff, which is, you know, long overdue. So it's great that we're getting that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of bitter about that because I feel like I've done that process like poorly three times now, and yeah, it's so for me it's it's kind of like I'm I'm really happy it's here because it's it's a game changer for everybody. But this is also this this comes after everyone bought a Switch for you know a, maybe a second Switch for Animal Crossing or they got one over the holidays and stuff like that. I mean, there's never like a wrong time to do this. I just wish it had been sooner. That said, that process has always been a big pain for me, especially as like a Mac user. I know on PC it's a little bit easier, um, but I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad it's here now. Yeah, I know. I will. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm I think, excited because my Switch is completely full right now. I just went to uh, add a game yesterday and I was like, no. Minus two. I keep having to archive, and I I think I I need to get another micro SD. I think it's time for me to do that. Right. What What do you guys? What's your micro SD cards currently? I think I have a two hundred fifty gigabyte. Yeah, I have a one twenty eight. I was like, I'll never not fill this up. Or wait, yeah, I'll never fill this up. I'll never need another a micro SD card. One hundred twenty eight gigabytes. Ha ha ha! This will carry me to the next generation. I know. In hindsight. It's it's idiotic, but I have I've a got four, a, I have a four hundred gig, and I think I fill it up constantly. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a I have a five twelve. Look at this man. Uh, but here's the thing that that also I've I've um, transferred switches a couple of times because I I upgraded and bought the newer model, and instead of doing the um, doing the physical moving of stuff, I just reload downloaded certain games, the games that I actually needed on the machine. So that's why I'm not anywhere near running out of space too yeah i do a pretty good job of of like putting stuff what did they what did reggie call it and like no Uh, reggie had like a fridge he was like cleaning out the fridge he called it (sighs) i'm back on the back on the wii he was just like because there were the storage solutions for that system were not great they'd be like sometimes you gotta clean out the fridge and go on the back of the fridge (laughs) and take out the old baking soda throw it away and put a new baking soda you just reminded me of when I... He did I not first... talk about baking soda. <laughs> I added that. That's not real. I'm sure he did. But there was, one other, there was one other thing about the button remapping. You can remap, you can swap your A and B buttons so it feels more like, you know, your other controllers. Yeah. So you can yeah. be a, a monster, is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> look, sometimes switching back and forth between a game on the Switch and the game on the PlayStation is annoying because you end up pressing the wrong button. That is you guys, do you guys know where I'm going to do that? Dark Souls, because Dark Souls uh, is a port of uh, current and past-gen games on the competitors' consoles where those buttons are flipped, and it constantly breaks my brain when I try to play it on Switch. So I'm absolutely going to do that. Just but it's so clear. Game. B is back, A is advanced. And X, X is suit and Y is yump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you put it when you put it like that, I mean, there's no arguing. That's right. This is how it is. Well, I would. I did a. I did a combo. Uh, a combo video with Ryan McCaffrey recently about like the sort of the, the long debate between uh, it, what is it like offset and inline analog sticks, oh, and yeah. how PlayStation is the only one now they're the outlier because Nintendo on Switch and on their Pro Controller it's you know offset diagonal same thing with xbox but the one thing i think everyone can agree on is that the x button being in a different place on every controller is incredibly stupid it's madness <laughs> like, it's complete madness mm-hmm. 
technically it's a cross button on the playstation so that doesn't even have an x button that is true that is true but if you told the average person press press the cross cross. button they wouldn't know what you're talking about is it you mean the plus button i'm kidding i'm kidding obviously (laughs) it's another button that looks like a cross do you remember telling like total casuals on Wii to press the plus button or the minus button? And they were like, what? I've <laughs> never had the, to do that. The worst one is the, the one button when you hold it side. Press, oh, yeah. the, press the sideways one. Really? You couldn't have come up with a symbol that you could turn on its side? It had to be a number. Well, the the when the selector start button when you're playing with the left Joy-Con sideways is just like a, it's like a, a long a line so you like press the long line button not there the square not the circles i think biggest problem in the world but right now for sure <laughs> <laughs> um ryan santos uh, asked us for a question block but we moved it up how do you plan to use the controller button mapping feature and for which games i think we, we kind of answered that already i think i may swap my a and b buttons just so that it is the same but yeah. that also might confuse me because then when going through a tutorial and it says to press A, what if I oh, forget yeah. that A is B and B is A? <sighs> I'm a I was also thinking, kit. Yeah. I was also thinking you could put, you could basically challenge somebody to play like idiot Super Mario Brothers where you remap all the buttons <laughs> until like jump is plus, you know, and like run run is is up on the diagonal stick like there's you know there's a lot of a lot of challenging fun things you could do there Ooh, that's a nice gamer challenge we should do yeah you could do mean stuff fool your friends yeah there you go let's do it so that's how Mm -hmm. we're gonna do that's how we're going to use the controller button mapping we are going to uh go to our friends switches and change their button mapping without (laughs) telling them and then watch and see what happens and not admit that we did this but also uh just um a psa i guess remember to update your joy cons as well yeah. Oh right. no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta update all of our toys. Next week, <laughs> good, good luck with that pair. Um, <laughs> that is about all we have to say about the Nintendo Switch update 10.0. And up next is news. And first up with news is more Animal Crossing, not Animal Crossing, Cooking Mama news. <laughs> more Cooking Mama news. I mean, we're really talking about Animal Crossing, obviously, super different. We're going to talk about Animal Crossing, but first, uh, Cooking Mama. Uh, we reviewed it. Tom Northup gave it a, a three. It's, it's not great. And he specifically said whether it's the lack of consequences for failure, the obnoxious voice acting, the bland single-player modes, the lackluster multiplayer games, or the complete lack of meaningful progression, Cooking Mama Cookstar is a tedious game that does almost nothing well. Oof. No. Yeah, we called it both stale and undercooked, which I took issue with as somebody who cooks because I I couldn't wrap my head around how you create a piece of food that is both stale and undercooked. So if you can solve uh, that, let me know. I haven't played the game though. I have no issue with the review itself. So I I, I ordered I ordered a physical copy. They're they're hard to find, and the yeah. game obviously got pulled off the the eShop, and who knows what's going to happen there, but. Um, I'm curious. I'm more curious to play it now because, like, at its core, it shouldn't be that hard. it shouldn't be that hard to make a good Cooking Mama game because it's all about the fun interactions and, like, sure, the voice acting is going to be a little grating, but I find that endearing yeah. too. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I'm I'm curious to play it now because of all this weirdness around it. I think yeah. his biggest complaint was that, like, it said here, there's no meaningful progression there's what he said was nothing you do matters like you could purposely try to fail a mini game as like hard as possible and the pictures you can take after still look beautiful it still looks like you nailed it even though you absolutely didn't and then you'll still unlock everything regardless if you did well or not yeah part of the fun is to not get the perfect outcome as well and then see it so um as brian knows since he cooks Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never cooked stale, stale undercooked food. <laughs> you get <laughs> some work shot. to do. But, I mean, it seems like the most interesting thing, like, you know, the game does not sound great, right? But the mm-hmm. most interesting thing about this whole story, the kind of behind-the-scenes legal wranglings and mysteries. And at first, I, I was chalking some of that up to, you know, maybe 
the work from home situation, maybe publisher and PR team weren't connected or maybe they didn't have a PR strategy and, and they kind of released it a little early and they had bigger plans before. But now it's looking really weird. Now the... the it's looking suspect. The holder... Yeah, yeah something's a Bruin. Um, the, the holder of the license, uh, so that's Office Create, right? The, the company mm -hmm. said that they licensed the game to Planet Entertainment, but had issues with the quality of the. And then now um, they're saying, you know, Planet doesn't have the rights to distribute the PS4 version. So something's going on. And Planet Entertainment never... says, no, -uh, we do. Yeah. And Office Create <laughs> said they never even gave them permission to make a PS4 version. Oh, I see. And didn't know that was yeah. happening at all. Right. Yeah. So... I I am fascinated in that in that in that level of uh, miscommunication happening. Like that's that, like there that's, has that's to actually... be willful ignorance or willful negligence here at this point, right? Like, yeah, because it almost feels too calculated to be like, "Oops, we made a PS4 version without telling anybody." <laughs> like, yeah, look, I mean, sometimes companies are in dire straits and they. A quick buck and a licensing mm. agreement comes uh, along. Think of Marvel, for example, mm. who still don't have all their brands back, right? Um, and so some of these licensing deals can can bite you in the butt. And I'm sure if this game had turned out well, I'm sure Office Create would have been just quiet about it and not said anything. But they're probably worried that the franchise is tarnished and they don't want too many people playing this bad version. <laughs> And it could yeah. mean that we'll eventually get a Cooking Mama cinematic universe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If it follows the Marvel. Uh, the CMCU. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would watch that. Have you seen how mad Mama gets when you do poorly on a recipe? It's She's scary. a real mad Mama. Yeah. She gets, Wait till she, she reads her reviews. I know. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. So, yeah, the plot is thickened just like a good old gravy. But that doesn't taste good because it's got burned. Um, <laughs> Awful. <laughs> but hey, in other news and for char about characters that people love more than Cookie Mama, maybe IGN's most recent face-off to determine the best video game character has concluded. Can I get a drum roll? A very small drum roll. All right, virtual, virtual drum roll. Uh, Mario has won best character. Wow. Oh wow! Congratulations. Best video game character. Look at him. It was him and Link in the finals, and Mario took it away with 61% of the votes, which was almost 100,000 more. Um, mm -hmm. The interesting thing about this, though, is that if you took only the votes off the, the face-off tool that we have on IGN.com, Link would have won. But because the votes from Twitter and Instagram and I think some other IGN social media websites were taken into account, Mario won. Wow. Yeah. I think it's also important to note that if you have aspirations to someday work on video games and specifically write them and develop like rich engrossing narratives surrounding characters that are meaningful, uh, just don't because you can, <laughs> you can just make a character that just like grunts or says wahoo, wahoo or yeah. you're like, even master chief was up there. That man does not talk a lot. Like this is, it's, it's, it's like kind of fascinating. The most iconic video game characters of all time are usually the ones that just don't really have much to say, but are just like completely lovely regardless. So I, I think that's really great. I think it's when you don't give a character too much personality, there's not, there's nothing to hate about them. I mean, what are you going to stick on and be like, Oh, I hate this character because of the way he sounds when he jumps yeah. like that seems like a really nitpicky thing like there's no character flaws <laughs> to pick apart when they don't have any character right yeah, yeah no, it's true. when uh breath of the wild was coming out and in rumors and they were talking about maybe you know it would have voice acting for link and my son who was maybe like 13 at the time was like i don't want i don't want voice acting for link link is me i'm link when i play that yeah. game so so link kid. sounds like little macy <laughs> <laughs> he does not sound like that at all okay no, um, he sounds but, more like me now. Okay, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, if you look at Disney characters, you can see how iconic characters don't really need a lot of personality in like the things that they say. If the noises they make are interesting, like just think of Mickey Mouse. Like it doesn't matter what Mickey says; it doesn't matter what Donald says, and most people can't even understand him. And yet, these are <laughs> the most iconic cartoon characters. I think it's I the would... same. I'll add, I would play an entire Zelda game where Link sounds like Dom. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Modders, there get has on. Someone make a mod. Someone go do that <laughs> right now. 
Yeah. I, I challenge you. Put the well, link make, in the comments. I want to see it. Go make a cursed video. <laughs> we need the cursed video. More, I, now more than ever. Yeah. I'm actually surprised Mario won. I, I think it's right that Mario won. Mario is such a recognizable character. So if you had to pick the world's favorite character, video game character, it's got to be. But I thought Link still had that, you know, that cool kind of Legolas factor and bow and arrow and sword and all that. You know, I thought the Legolas factor. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought the gamer boys would vote for that one. I I think they were like. I was going to say, I I think um, like Mario has a wider spectrum of games he's appeared in. And I think that helped a lot, too. Like people love him in Smash, but they also love him in Mario Kart, Dr. Mario you know, the 2D, 3D platforming games, whereas, like, Link showed up in Mario Kart before, but, like, he's not really known. He's mostly mm-hmm. just, like, you know, that's the, he sticks to his beat a little bit more. What? So who did everyone vote for? Mario or Link? Mario. Mario, yeah. Really? I, I voted <laughs> well, for Link. I guess I this gonna, is why Mario won. Maria. I was going to point out that Actually, the link in every game is a different link uh, along the whichever timeline you subscribe to at that particular instance. I'd have to pull out my copy of Historia to uh, decipher it all, but <laughs> many different characters, whereas there's only one Mario. Uh-huh. Paper Mario. Okay. I mean, Toon Link is, was also up there as a character to vote for. We had Toon Link and Link. Was Paper Mario in there? No, I don't know. No, because so, it's just Mario. Hey, Seth. Yes? When Mario fights Dr. Mario in Smash, mm-hmm. what is happening? Uh, there, well, there's... See? It's It's a metaphor for uh, <laughs> uh-huh. the fever game that is life. It's a, it's a metaphor for our healthcare. <laughs> if, you go, if you go back, yeah, you're your own worst enemy when it comes premiums uh no if you go back to the first game there there you go that's That's true true. see there it is there's a canonical excuse out of this conversation (laughs) that's why they're allowed to fight i also want to implore everyone if you haven't already to go watch the power ranking episode based off of this face-off because the last 10 minutes of it with mario as a special guest is hilarious Uh, spoiler it's it's brian it's actually what? Brian. How could you tell? It's it was very <laughs> difficult, but I could tell like based off like one thing in the background of a shot, and it's like that's or Brian was just it? had Mario over at his the house. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was very. They they hit me up and they asked me if I could dress up as Mario. Uh, I don't like. We have like uh, prop closets at work and costumes and stuff like that, and I generally don't have that stuff at home. But I did have a Mario hat in my kids' room, and I made a mustache out of construction paper. So yeah, go watch. That we Go pull out it. all the stops. Look at <laughs> listen to that production Look, value. It was um, hilarious. I, I cracked up so much while watching that video. Seriously. I thank you very much. And I will have you all know I am prime to see if I could get uh fake mustaches, but they have deemed that a non-essential item and what? measure because it's not essential. So I'm, I'm actually how, I'm, how I, would I would have been annoyed. In our Zoom meetings without <laughs> our fake mustaches. I legit would have been annoyed if they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you that tomorrow. I've been like, that's not big. Don't do that. <laughs> that was a test. You failed. <laughs> All right. So reminder, go watch that Power Ranking episode about the face-off, about the best video game character. It was Mario. It was great. That's about all on that topic. And now on to some more news. Big question. <laughs> we'll get to that pair. But first, uh, Pokemon Pink is a rumored Pokemon version to be a companion to Pokemon Yellow. Back in the day, scraps didn't come out. Uh, basically, some people looked into code and found mentions of Pokemon Pink, and we think that means the character would have had Clefairy or Jigglypuff instead of Pikachu and would have been Ooh. geared more towards girls. Oh. But it never came out. Uh, just a, We have a more in-depth <laughs> article on IGN.com. I know none of you guys care, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> it would have made sense for Clefairy to be a uh, companion partner because in the original Pokemon, Clefairy was almost Ash's companion, and he was in the uh, in the anime, not the anime, but the manga in some of the different chapters. Clefairy was so, a partner Pokemon instead of Pikachu. So, Casey, I was going to say, uh, cool thing about this story is that to me, it feels like that it 
if it had actually happened, I feel like we would have gotten a Game Girl. Oh, yes. like, man. We only it had would... Game Boys. And I, think, no. I feel like we would have gotten a Game Girl. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the main character, because in Pokemon Crystal, we got... No, no, I mean, like, the, the actual physical <laughs> hardware. Like, we had, okay. we had Game Boys, we had Game, Game Boy Advance, Virtual Boys, but we never had a Game Girl. And I feel like that's the closest we would have actually come to getting one. History is so sexist. There was no walk woman from Sony either. It's okay. I mean, I forget them. Aren't we all man? Part of the species. We don't. We don't even have a woman Delorean now. It's still, oh, it's still going on. Oh, <laughs> this, this show Why is, is it history? Why not herstory? <laughs> so much better. Uh, they did make a game called Her Story, Casey, but they didn't make a game called His Story. So, take well, that. I guess we're just gonna have to riot. <laughs> anyway more pokemon news this one uh, not not as uh, hap, i don't even know what to call that that was a neutral news story but this is a sad news story depending oh. um pokemon rumble rush service will end on july 22nd um before that they're going to add more pokemon to it in may i'm not totally sure if this just means they're going to stop updating it or if it's going to be completely unplayable but service. for those of you who play <laughs> Service ends sounds like it's over. Yeah. 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 This uh this game is like so old that it has a cus- it has like a Nintendo me in the in the promotional artwork. That's how <laughs> I, I was like, oh wow, yeah. Remember when they used to put that in like everything? Those yeah. guys and not anymore. Yeah. yeah. It, well, Pokemon, this came out on um your phone. It's a mobile game. It came out a year ago. Oh. So it's not even that old. It's a really, (laughs) it's a really short run time for for a mobile game like that. But um, if you look at mobile game publishing, there comes the for for connected and online games. There comes this point in the in the timeline of the game where the publisher has to ask, "Is it still worth keeping the services running?" Because they're not making a lot of money, and that kind of level. The level of play activity really differs from company to company. Some companies are totally fine with games being played by a couple of thousand of pe- people a day. Others want millions of, you know, MAU or, or. And I think Nintendo is in the latter, right? Like they, they are dealing with big audience. What is interesting is some games that get to be small, they are actually publishers that are now waiting to pick those games up and take them over. So, who knows? I don't think Nintendo would ever give up the the keys to a, a Pokemon game to mm. somebody else or Pokemon company. What? We'll see. Yeah. And uh, also in news, Resident Evil 4 is getting a remake. This used to be a GameCube exclusive. It definitely no longer is, and it probably won't be out on the Switch. So we're going to move on with other news. <laughs> including- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's not going to, obviously, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge game for the GameCube, but... um. Uh, yeah, there's no way they'll create a Switch version from that. Yeah, that just considering the Resident Evil 3 and 2 remakes didn't come out on the Switch, so... No, I, w- I will say uh, Resident Evil 4 plays fantastically on Switch, and it's regularly on sale, so go grab it. Uh, but that also, this does sort of... This is, I believe, will start to be the larger and larger divide that we see between what Nintendo Switch is capable of doing and the games and stories being told on the competitors' platforms. And so far, this generation, I don't think it's really been a big issue, but I do foresee it being more and more of uh, a hurdle as the months and years go on, which is a bummer because Resident Evil 4 is awesome. But Yeah, love that yep. You can play it on your Switch right now. You don't have to wait for the remade version. I can't yes. right now. Scoop, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also sad news, kind of. Um, Minecraft Dungeons was delayed because of COVID-19, like many other games going on. So if you're looking forward to that game, it is now coming out later. Oh, I actually before. was looking forward to that game. I know. So. I was. I think it would, it would be fun. I know Miranda Sanchez played it at E3 last year, and she came away with really positive impressions. And I think it'd be a really yeah. fun game to play with your friends right now. Like, yeah. Start up a Discord chat and play some Minecraft yeah. Dungeon. But we'll have to wait. But uh, Pacross S4 was announced. Pear, take it away. Why Why? Why are you asking me? Um, Picross <laughs> S4 got announced and it's coming out in April. You're bearing the lead. It's uh, out on April 23rd worldwide. Oh, wow. um, 
I, you know, I now have 962 different Picross games on my Switch, some of which yeah. have, <laughs> well, they're not all under the, the Picross brand, but this is Jupiter. They make the games with the best interface still. Uh, this version, it'll have four modes, standard mega with big numbers, color Picross, which they dabbled in, and then clip pick uh, where you create, you know, the, the story. But the big deal in this one is that they have a couple of really big puzzles so they have two 30 times 30 and uh and a 40 times 30 precross puzzle so you actually have to scroll that's how big it is it'll take hours to complete <laughs> nobody excited about it I'm i don't really... know how i feel about that that sounds i i got kind of a bout of anxiety just thinking about it <laughs> oh it'll be so great <laughs> i've never actually I... played a picross game oh See, see. Did you play Murder Cross. by Numbers? Yeah, that was that was a fun one. No. Oh. You should get that one. You should get that game. Get S4 then. Mur- Seth, Murder okay. by Numbers has too much talky-talky for <laughs> Picross Season 3 ended on... He plays on... He loves talky-talky. Okay, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> no, Picross Season 3 ended on like a huge cliff note. Uh, <laughs> it's a major character death. And so I'm hoping that 4 resolves. Uh, where the last one left off, right? Perry? There were, yeah, there were a couple of unchecked boxes in the. I meant cliffhanger. I don't know why I said cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> that's my cliff notes for uh, Percross season three. Yeah. Well, that's about all the news we have for you this week. But now we're going to go on to our new regular segment, show and tell. And starting off with show and tell, who wants to go first? I'll do it. Go, Brian. Brian. Show okay, us here we go. Tell us about the thing. Uh, so, Show the thing. Uh, as you guys know, I love Super Mario. He's uh, not only probably the most popular racist stereotype of my peoples, but also <laughs> he's a great I'm not a race. Yes, we are. You are, are not you a drinking race. wine? No, it's water. <laughs> it's the yeah. glass is green. Don't let don't let that confuse you. Uh huh. Absent. Uh huh. <laughs> got it um so anyway I, I i weirdly collect a lot of mario stuff i try to get a mario every but uh i also have a couple of like old strategy guides and books and stuff like that based on the character and one of them uh is this which is a manga based on uh super mario land 2 six golden coins which was the best super mario brothers game that came to the game boy um definitely better than the first one mm. uh and i really love it because the uh the art is just ridiculous. It's <laughs> it, it's got Wario. Wario's first appearance was in this game, uh, so this is really special. But uh, wow. it's also it's got it's got a bunch of the enemies in the game and all the power ups and stuff like that, and just like really just just great great art that I can't get oh. enough of. Um, I, I'm actually thinking of like spinning some of this stuff out and just putting it on my own bootleg T-shirts that I'll buy myself and not sell. But yeah, like here's, you know, here they are inside of a giant whale. Uh, it's really great. I can't read Japanese, but the art's fantastic. I also have a general idea of where the story goes because I played the video game. But more important, it doesn't matter. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Um, if you don't like it, uh, cry about it, as Mario is doing in this book. Drawing. Wow, that's great. Thank you I for love sharing, that Brian. Art. Seth, what do you have to share today? Oh, I have to show off my original copy. Oh, that's probably too bright. My original copy of Pokemon Yellow that I bought back when I was just a wee lad of, um, I'm going to age myself here. I think I was 22 when I bought this, when I was in the Air Force. And we're going on a temporary duty to Missouri, and I knew I was going to have a lot of time on my hands. So I got myself set up with Pokemon Yellow, and when I was going through security, they pulled it out, and the guy pulled out Pokemon and looked at it, and everyone in my uh, squadron looked at me like I was a big dumb man child so, <laughs> oh no not at all to be fair i am so that's okay <laughs> but that's my original i don't know why or how i kept it because i got rid of everything from that era but i was going through a box and there was my copy of pokemon yellow and there's no save data left on it so that's oh, maybe yeah. it was in the game boy Eight. no that was the uh, one that i bought at goodwill that had pokemon red in it for three dollars Ah, okay wow that's a good deal that and was a great deal. I had all of my Pokemon cartridges for the longest time, and I would still have them if it weren't for a stupid boy who stole them in college. Oh. Boys are stupid. What Sorry, was the guys. boy's name? I'm not saying. I'm not going to put him on blast like that. Johnny Stupid. 
I, God, stupid boy. Johnny yeah, stupid. The stupid John. Johnny stupid. The stupid boy took my Pokemon game. How'd he get into college? That's a real jerk. <laughs> By stealing Pokemon. Making him do his homework for him. He Here, caused... When... This boy caused long-lasting damage. Oh, I'm still I... upset about it. Yeah, I feel like I've I've heard variations of this story several times now, I have which indicates you were of boys being mean to me through via Pokemon. Nice. <laughs> Eventually, I will tell them all. But for now, pair, what are you going to show and tell? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do. A, I execute a quick pan here because my bigger. Um, well, this is this part of it. I don't know if you've seen this one before. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the Panasonic GameCube controller. Oh, it actually yes. says Panasonic oh. on it. Yeah, and it um it's it comes in this gray that they didn't use for anything else because when you think of video games, you think gray. Um but yeah, that's the controller. It's the exact same thing as the GameCube controller, just with the colored shell. Um then this is the remote control that came with the Nintendo Q or Panasonic Q, the uh, special edition GameCube. And then here's the GameCube. Hold on, it's a little bigger. <laughs> ah, there we go. And it's very, very shiny. There we go. And oh, the cool God, I thing, love that thing, I love it so much. The cool thing is when you turn on the power, it glows purple. And it sounds awesome. like a jet engine, of course. Oh, my God. That is everything so I need. It, it has two modes, so it's on game mode right now. So just, uh, you know, this is the game mode. You can uh, turn it uh, back over to regular DVD mode, uh, in which case um, all of the lights go off. It becomes really whisper quiet, and then uh, the digital audio output will work. This will actually not work with a GameCube, sadly. But, you know, so it's basically a DVD player and a GameCube in one box, uh, and the two don't really talk to each other. They just happen to share the same drive. That's it. That's amazing. Do you, do you know like why that never came to America? Was it a licensing thing? Was it like we were people weren't interested in it? Like what? It's, a, it's kind of a bummer that we didn't have that option to buy that because yeah. I totally would have. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird model. I, it wasn't a six pan. Um, it was expensive, so it cost more. You it cost more than a GameCube and a DVD mm. player separately. Like. I think 430 bucks at the time, um, you know, translated from from yen to dollars, and it at the time that was more than than the two devices already. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't bring it out here, other than it's shiny. It's very shiny. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I love it. That's my cue. It only plays <laughs> Japanese software and Japanese region DVDs. So some people got theirs modded so that you hold down the button or you flip a little switch. Um, but this one is the pristine one. So I think you cut out a little bit there, Pear. But oh. I think you're good. <laughs> Sorry, I, but, uh... I, I said it's an unmodded one. It can only play oh, okay. region, uh, uh, Japanese region DVDs and also games. Mm. All right, I guess I'll show my show and tell. I actually did this on the first episode. We did show and tell, but that episode got eaten. So I'm going to show you guys again, and I'm sorry you already heard it, uh, Brian and Fair. Hey, I wasn't but here. You weren't here, Seth, so you got to, got to see a new thing. So this is a Vulpix stuffed animal that came with the Kentucky Fried Chicken kids meal for li literally forever ago. This might have been the first Pokemon I actually ever saw. I remember my parents brought it home to me, and they're like, here, it's a Pokemon. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And I read the description. <laughs> For some reason, I tried to rhyme it in a sing-song voice, even though it's definitely not a rhyme. And I just have a very vivid memory of doing that in my living room. And I still have it. Just a little Kentucky Fried Chicken Vulpix. Does it smell yes. like chicken? I was about to ask that. It, it used to, but that? the scent has long faded. And uh -huh. now I have, to, I have to remember the smell of the chicken. <laughs> Sometimes I like to get a Kentucky Fried Chicken uh. and sit Vulpix next to it. and like. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I don't do any of that. <laughs> How big were these Kentucky meals you got? Because the pack-in toys are kind of tiny. This one's huge. Yeah, right? It's like a really, it's a really nice toy. Yeah. Right? It's Impressive. It's I think it, it also came with like Zubat and some other Pokemon oh, that wasn't Pikachu. Every kid's it was like they, favorite Zubat. They, yeah. they just like picked really weird ones, but I was very glad that they chose Vulpix. Because you um, want a but, bat in your meal, too. Mm -hmm. And a fox. Mm -hmm. A fox to seal the, the chicken and a bat to... 
I'm I'm that's too morbid. I'm not going to say it, but that's about <laughs> it for show and tell this week. And coming up next, we're going to talk about things that are coming out next week and what we're playing. And now on to games out this week, which we are going to fly by because there's not a whole lot out this week that any of us feel particularly strongly about. But uh, if you're interested, Double Dragon 2 The Revenge is the NES version of the game, and it's out going to be out for Switch for $4.99. And also coming out this week is Theme Park Simulator for $14.99. I just figured I'd throw that out there because I used to be a fan of Roller Coaster Tycoon and Zoo Tycoon and those types of games. And that seems like something similar. Might be a relaxing <laughs> game to play. But let's talk about what we're playing instead, because that sounds more fun to talk about. Yeah. Animal Crossing. Is everyone still just playing Animal Crossing? This is the yeah. Animal Crossing I alluded to. Sorry. Here's something uh, that happened. I put down Animal Crossing and I didn't pick it up again. I don't know wow. I played for five minutes last night just to check in on everybody. And then mm-hmm. they, they missed me. They were so excited to see me. They're like, I don't know why I just, I just didn't want to play it anymore, but it wasn't an, I didn't, it wasn't a choice that I made. It's just, I never, I never picked it back up, but I started playing tales of Asperia, the definitive edition because it was on sale on the eShop. And I've only played like maybe 45 minutes because I bought it last night, but that game is super in my wheelhouse. I, which, uh, which, which fruit did you start with in that game? <laughs> uh, the, uh, the durian fruit. They brought it back. Gross. That's, not, that's a bad fruit. Tales, Get out of here. Which, which Tales game is that? Tales of Vesperia. Is that the one where you have the, the wolf friend? I'm sorry. Yeah, you have a pipe smoking wolf it. friend. Okay, that's which what I thought. I, I started playing that when it when it came out a while ago, and I really liked the first like I played like ten hours, and I really liked it. I haven't, I never finished it because you know stuff gets in the way. Well, <laughs> if anyone's busy. interested, it is on sale right now for nineteen ninety nine, and I had like enough gold points, so it was really only like fourteen dollars for me. Nice. Yeah. So, did, worth it. So, so Seth, does that mean you missed all the fun of collecting Easter eggs and Animal Crossing or trying to get the sparse cherry blossom <laughs> recipes and all of that? You skipped all that? I didn't actually that? even know that you could collect cherry blossoms until like two days before they were gone. So oh. I Seth, have... do you not look at our blog roll feed on IGN.com? Did you see all those wiki promotions we were doing? Of course I see them, and I appreciate all the hard work that goes into making them. They're among the best in the industry, as far as well, I hope, on behalf of your town of probably two inhabitants, I hope that you rejoin us for Earth Day. Wait, When's are you talking that? about the town I actually live in, or the town no. of your animal crossing? <laughs> your, your animal crossing town. I, didn't, I wasn't talking about Castle Rock. No. <laughs> Seth, I didn't even realize that. Maybe that's why you don't like this game. Is because you already live in a quaint little town full of strange weirdos who exchange used furniture with each other regularly. And, and clowns that come back every 27 years. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's the creepy. When you see a, like a red balloon floating on the bridge that you just built. But enough I, about Maine. Look, guys, <laughs> I have to be, I have a, I have a confession to make what i didn't i didn't play animal crossing for cherry blossoms or bunny day either i haven't at all i haven't at all so i haven't gone don't back say to town you... in like a week and a half whoa wow yeah. do you want us to guess what you were playing instead card I, I mean you can guess <laughs> slay the spire final I, fantasy i i played both of those oh okay <laughs> And third was Monster Hunter. Um, third was actually, it's a curveball. No one would have guessed it. I played a little bit of this game called The First Tree. Or the last yeah, you're tree. right. Oh, man, you're, I'm still here. Like, <laughs> All right. Gosh. Um, it is the last tree, not the first tree. Oh. No, it is the first oh. tree. Oh, I got it right the first time. It's called The First Tree. It's just this little indie game, um, and it tells a story. You play as a fox looking for her cubs while um, a guy tells a story about his life to his wife about how he's estranged from his father. It's very Thank indie. Wow. Super, super indie. It's very relaxing, and the music is great, and the storytelling is interesting. I think it lacks a little bit of polish, but I think it's fine for a like three to four hour experience it's a fun little cute relaxing game 
Casey, if you want to check out another game that has King Animal and uh, str- uh, people who are estranged from their families, you should check out Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons. Available on Nintendo. Your parents help you set it up. <laughs> it was a fun time. But no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I'm not super enamored with Animal Crossing anymore. I, I think one of the things I really loved about the Animal Crossings on the DS and 3DS is that I could... I, I would play it with people around me. So there is a, an in-person social aspect for it to me. Like I would bring my uh, DS to school and play animal crossing with people but illegally. Cause we weren't supposed to have game systems at school, but I did it anyway. Um, <laughs> and I was looking forward to doing that with animal crossing, bringing it into the office to just talk to everyone in person and play in person and can't go in person. So kind of lost the mm. excitement for me. I know that sounds really silly because everyone is having a lot of fun doing it just playing online. no no not at but, all um you're totally yeah, right I, I actually i i spent years talking about how i couldn't wait for the game specifically on a selfish level was because uh being able to play one at ign while playing it in the same shared space was something i was really looking forward to i think like playing locally is super fun and you're completely correct in that i haven't had any opportunity to do that either i mean nobody has right mm-hmm. um and so yeah you have i have three kids with copies of animal crossing in the house so we've been playing oh that's right yeah so i yeah i'm i'm still in love i'm i'm playing a lot but i did also uh this past weekend i opened up my town to the public and i posted my uh dodo code on the and facebook group uh because i had lots of duplicate um uh, uh, bunny bunny costume uh, recipes and and wall recipes and all that. Sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, bunny day recipes. Uh, and so I opened up my town and I had lots of visitors. Um, thank you everybody who joined. But it was torture. <laughs> it, it was so bad because constantly, you know, until your town is full with eight people, you constantly have this coming and going. Oh we got disconnected a couple of times and like you have to watch the arrival animations you know the little board and stuff it was it was honestly torture um to have that happen it's the game the game's online code is the net code's not awesome Mm -hmm. but despite that we had fun so you know there were moments had you know people in your town uh you know i recognize people from our uh comment section and from from uh twitter as well it was just awesome i enjoyed it despite the online yeah. stuff. So it can still, yeah, it can still have that good social aspect, but yeah, I just, there's just something about playing a game with a bunch of people in a room together. I mean, my favorite, the most active I ever was in Final Fantasy 14, which is an, a, an online MMO is when I lived with my four party members and we would all play in the same room. So yeah, yeah there's just, I don't know, maybe I need the peer pressure of like having people next to me to play these social games. <laughs> Pear, I had a similar thing happen with you where uh, uh, I, I've been tweeting out like parts of the like, rooms that I've been working on in Animal Crossing. And one of them, I built like an arcade on my top floor. And I did this like working with uh, Andrew Goldfarb, who used to work at IGN. We were basically like finding arcade stuff and trading it with each other online. Um, and it was super fun. And we both realized we were missing one pinball tape. And so uh, I tweeted out pictures and an NBC listener named Greg saw it and was like, hey, I have the missing pinball table that you need. Can I, I can come bring it to you. And I was like, that's awesome. And so uh, I tweeted my Dodo code back at him instead of DMing it to him. And I guess Twitter was just like, Twitter was like, hey, you know who's going to see this tweet is everyone. <laughs> and yeah. so, so Greg came by with the pinball table and was awesome. Shout out to Greg. He said he's been listening since the first episode of NBC, oh, wow. which is super cool. And then while we were there, like I just kept getting that dang, 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 that chime noise. Oh, yeah. yeah. And more and more people kept showing up and total strangers. And it like, it, at first I was annoyed by it. And then I just got, it, I just was like laughing hysterically. Just <laughs> complete strangers were showing up and shaking my trees, running around my bedroom and stuff like that. And, you know, like I was just, I was just like this woman, this woman showed up in this like whole, like she had like a, she looked like a pyramid head from Silent Hill. It's terrifying. And I, I was like, I was trying to rush to the Dodo to, to tell him to stop. To shut, shut the up. gate. Yeah. yeah. Shut Which the I, gate. Yeah, which you don't, I don't think you actually have to do. I think you can, like, you can basically just quit out the game 
Um, but I didn't want to lose anything. So, but you couldn't walk more than four feet without people running up and stopping you. Oh, like, I think, yeah. Yeah. It you was, keep... it was hilarious. Yeah. I think the right way is it's open the gate, let a couple of people in and then close the gate while stabilizes. But if your town gets hit by a lot of people, it seems like bad stuff happens. I had well, you know, on. Yeah. yeah. I had yeah, really it makes, slow it makes down the... and. It makes fish uh, disappear and respawn. So if you have a couple people in your town who are all fishing at the same time, they they just disappear. Oh, that sucks. Well, yeah, not great. Well, those are the games that we are playing. Uh, most people are still playing Animal Crossing, except for me and Seth. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and some other games that aren't on the Switch. So moving <laughs> on, I think we have time for about one question. Unfortunately, we have a new time limit of 50 minutes. So. Going forward, we will have 50-minute episodes, um, and I will do better to accommodate that next time. Uh, but this one is from Adam Vote. Has anyone had major changes in their taste of games? How often has it happened, and what prompted it, if anything? I have pretty much liked the same sort of games. I've found new games that I like, like I love PUBG. But I have had long periods where I just um, I realized like I haven't played a game in like three months now. Not this hasn't happened recently, but when I was in my twenties, I'd be like, "Whoa, I, I guess I'm not a gamer anymore." And then <laughs> something would come out, and I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm playing this," and I'd be all back into it. But you know, yeah, I I mean my my shifts in taste kind of seem to align with changes in the industry too. Like when Tony Hawk Two came out, I was all in on those types of games. I tried. Out- freaking wakeboarding and all those other <laughs> things that I've never even seen done in real life and played all the extreme sports games, including all the downhill skiing and snowboard. And then I just got to the point where I'm like, I am not into it anymore. It, it, maybe it's right. overexposure. And I, I think it happened with like Guitar Hero and Rock Band games like that as well. Um, and then I did play a ton more racing games um, early on, uh, including rally racing and F1. And now I'll I'll show up whenever a new Forza is out or a new Gran Turismo is out. Maybe dirt, but I don't play all of the different. Do you, Brian? I guess we don't have I, a whole lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, quickly, I, I feel like to my guns on definitely gotten more into like Soulsborne games, which are like a lot harder than I think most people look for when playing video games. Yeah, and I guess like Fortnite, I put a ton of time into that, which is not really my type of genre at all. Yeah, they're all still third-person action games, so basically I'm boring. <laughs> yeah. I really like Soulsborne-types games, but I realize the amount of time and it takes to build up the skill and the muscle memory is sometimes not worth it for me if I know I have to jump on another project right away because I will lose all of it. And mm-hmm. with that, that is about all of the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat IGN's Nintendo Podcast. And remember, this is the only place... Get the Get thing. The thing. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.